there. You showed up. I love it. Thanks. Showing up is not something I take lightly. My name is Deanne Knighton. Welcome to the Show Up and Stay podcast. This is our inaugural episode. Really what's happening is that this is the first time that I've actually recorded this episode. I think I've probably contemplated it about 200 to 400 times in my head, Um, but here we are. Um, The overthinking has ceased. I woke up this morning and I said, no more, just record something. So see, sometimes I need help showing up too. So we're in this together. A little something about show up and stay, just as a quick intro. Uh, Basically, the story goes like this. A person whose name starts with D, that's me, goes to rehab. Person, me, changes all of her circumstances, tries a lot of things, definitely stays sober, but really struggles for the first year. Then one day she looked on Instagram and sees a little book that she thinks might be worth checking out and everything changed and that was when I started to heal. I'm sure you'd want to know what the book is. You're thinking that that's what this podcast is. I'm just going to tell you what this book is and then all will be well. Early recovery is hard and if you are here then you probably already know that and there's so much to take in and so much to navigate. So the whole idea behind this project started from my own experience. I really wanted to record a podcast that maybe tried to help people navigate that. And as it turned out, I knew a guy, he's my brother, um, and he was looking for a way to give back. And he happens to have a certain set of skills that lends toward the application building arena. And we came together and have started working on a nonprofit project. And it's been amazing. And this podcast is a piece of that. There's, you know, another element that we're working on, hopefully being able to get out a free product that will be helpful for people in early recovery. And I'm excited to tell you more about that in the weeks to come. But I'm also joined by, I'm going to call her my niece. She's technically not even married yet to my nephew. So that's, it's fine though, because I spend more time with her than him. And I love him too, but Yeah, she's my niece, and she's doing our lead design work. She wrote this beautiful music that brought us into the podcast and will sing us out of the podcast, and she's amazingly talented, and I feel super lucky to be doing this with two people in my life uh, that live way across the country, yet we have the opportunity to work on this together. So that's pretty cool. So today I woke up and finally said, okay, I'm done overthinking. Um, No more paralysis by analysis, no more worrying about not knowing enough and judgment and ridicule and online trolls or who the hell knows, whatever else might come. But what I do know, I guess, and what I wanted to start with today is I do know my experience. And, you know, that's like the one place that we can always speak from. And I know that outside of having a very positive treatment experience, finding people in community that... I was able to see myself represented in was also vital for kind of turning the corner for me. So how can I not just talk about my experience? I mean, literally, if one person gets something out of it, then case closed, all of this work done. Today is not a really, you know, we're not life hacking today. Today, you're getting to know a little bit about me. 
I'm going to share something that has really helped me in my sobriety journey. And I'm going to share something with you that I've created so that you hopefully get a little feeling of who I am. And we will then move forward in the weeks to come and really build on that idea. There will be life hacks, people. There will be life hacks. Now I feel like I probably need to go straight to my computer and find a list of life hacks for sobriety. Uh, I'll be back. I'm guessing as we go that you'll get to know bits and pieces of me. Thanks to recovery, I am an oversharer by nature. I have overcome my fear of vulnerability hangovers. I do not get them anymore. Well, sometimes, like maybe after this podcast drops, I will probably have a very big vulnerability hangover. So if you haven't had one yet, then my friend, you have not lived. So welcome. We're going to get you there. We're in it together, like I said. One of the things that we will talk about a lot on this podcast is different things that helped people get sober and help people stay sober. This is catered to people who are in that early recovery phase, but are also needing to be able to see and visualize for themselves what that long-term recovery plan is going to look like for them. And, you know, you may be working with a case manager in your treatment program in terms of building out that plan. You may be navigating this on your own. I, I can't speak to whatever that individual experience is. Certainly, I think some really tangible things that you can take away from spending time with us. And if nothing else, maybe, I don't know, a voice to listen to when you don't have anyone else to talk to in that moment. Today's tip is about writing. Singer-songwriter Anna Nalik wrote a song called Breathe, and in that song she says, if I get it all down on paper, it's no longer inside of me, threatening the life it belongs to. I did not write for years, but in the last couple of years, I've definitely returned to it. It could be the Notes app on your iPhone or whatever equivalent exists on Android. It can be a scratch piece of paper. It can be an old notebook. Some of the things that I know concern people is access to this information. So obviously find whatever way that you need where you can write freely without any sort of judgment for yourself, but also you know free from any concern or judgment of other people. This is a very productive way to help deal with some of the anxiety and thoughts and feelings that will be coming up for you in the early stages of sobriety. I use it a lot, in particular when I'm angry or feeling frustrated. I just basically ask myself to sit down and freeform whatever I might be feeling. And it is amazing that what I think in my mind is really going on, that the moment that I actually start writing it, I almost always come up with something totally different than I thought it was. There's a lot of freedom in having that kind of knowledge and self-awareness. It may be the last thing you want to do right now. That's cool. Don't do it now if you don't want to, but keep it in the back of your head as a tool for the future. So I'll put my money where my mouth is today. I'm going to read you something that I wrote. This is definitely more than just a scribble. This is something that I've kind of been working on putting together slowly, but it really came together just last night. But to be able to summarize my story in a small snippet like this is incredibly powerful for really starting to come to know myself. A letter to my now. In 2003, I was 23 years old. I had already been married and divorced. I had rejected the religion of my upbringing and I was isolated from any familiarity. 
I had recently pulled myself out of an abusive relationship that had followed the dissolvement of my marriage. It was a really groundless time. I was fixated on my own survival and not much of anything else. My nervous system was obliterated and I had started to find ways to numb. I was also writing a little poetry and music. It was an outlet for the emotions that I had buried, the ones that I was certain would kill me if I let them surface. I am pretty sure I was imagining that my writing was incredibly inspired and that I would be the next Sarah McLaughlin. It was 2003. Survival mode brings out overconfidence and a little bit of denial that can serve one well when we need it. So many of the things that we see as flaws serve us well when we need them. In a little notebook with a zebra on the cover, I wrote a poem to my future daughter. I stumbled on this a few months back and it has been on my mind. It's an echo of the past that was startling, but also expected. I'm not really sure which one more so. Let's go with both. There is nothing better in my mind than two opposing thoughts simultaneously being true. Here it goes, word for word, straight from yours truly, circa 2003. Do not judge me. This poem is called, She Will Be. She will be just like me, but smarter. She will be strong like me, but harder. She will see what she wants and grab it. She will know what is right over habit. She'll trust herself and know her soul. She'll set her sights and reach the goal. I'll stand by and watch her grow, knowing I've made something wonderful. She has to be better than me. She has to know more. It has to be easier for her. I must clear the path and let her see she can be more powerful than me. I think of what she will become, something huge from what I've begun. My pride in her will let me rest, knowing she will be the best. It has to be why I'm here. My meaning is becoming clear. I have failed in so many ways, but she will learn from my mistakes. Just trust your heart and know your soul, and you'll be something wonderful. Just find your dreams and make it real. I will live in you. My love is here. I mean, that last one didn't even rhyme, if we're being critical. Yeah. Wow. Where does present-day Deanne begin? First, some questions to the author. Wait, wait. No, 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 no. First of all, sweet girl, I love you. Thank you for getting me this far. But now, some questions. Why do you think your story is already done? You're 23. How can you believe your daughter will love herself if you don't know how to show her? Why are you already pressuring her to be the best before she's even taken a breath? How will her glory somehow make your existence mean more? Why would you put that pressure on her when you know her life is hers? Why does she have to know what is right? What is right? Why does she have to know what it means to be fulfilled? Why can't simply living be fulfilling? My heart breaks a little for myself when I read that poem. I work hard these days to not break my own heart, but it has taken a long time. This ode to my unborn daughter was nothing short of a swan song for my own life. That's all I can hear when I read it. A life that at that time I viewed as beyond repair. It's no surprise 
that I would live the next 20 years as if it was, as though life was already over. Lost in the belief that normal things were not for me, but for other people. I did not have a daughter. I hustled for things I did not even want. I buried myself in work and food, shopping, alcohol. At any given time, I was either anxious, depressed, or numb. Already resigned to the fact that the full human experience was not for me. So here I am in 2021, age 41. I'm sober. I'm still anxious and depressed sometimes, but I feel other things too. I'm having a human experience and sometimes it really sucks and sometimes it is amazing. I can look at myself objectively now, differently, with a love I never felt possible. Every version of me, even the one that wrote that shitty poem, I am in the sunset of my natural procreation years, and it's unclear if there will ever be a she or a he or a they to receive wisdom words from me in the way that I am sure I was planning when I wrote that poem. I have moments of fear around that, but I also experience a lot of comfort in the possibility that's still in front of me. I no longer grieve an unlived life. I certainly no longer believe that my story is done. Far from it. Time for another poem. We can call it so many things. Maybe a letter to my unborn child, a letter to a child I may never have, a letter to a child that is already alive somewhere. Maybe it's a letter to my younger self, a letter to that sweet girl who got me here now. I don't know if I like that. That means I live in regret. I work really hard not to do that anymore. So who is this for then? The person it was always for the me I am now. May she never stop changing. And may the words of this poem never be static. What I want for you, circa now. To know your heart is beautiful and I can see it. To know you can give yourself a break and still be worthy. Not because you are good or right or productive, but because you are. To know you exist for you, for you to love yourself more than any other human ever could. To look yourself in your own eyes every morning, to always look yourself in your own eyes, even when you don't want to, especially when you don't want to. To know you don't have to be an expert to do it, to humble yourself, to learn, to be excited to be wrong, to love how quickly you can jump between knowing certainty and knowing nothing. To know shortcuts have a cost. It's okay to take them. Just know they have a cost. To know to never abandon yourself ever. If it is taking more than it is adding any piece of your body, mind, or spirit, only you can know when to let it go. To know nothing and no thing is yours. As you are yours, they are theirs. A door, a plate, a seat, a moment may invite you. Take it, experience it fully with all the beautiful joy of that moment. Know this, there is no right way to love, to be a partner, a parent, your parent's child, a sister, or a friend. Love in your way and trust it will be enough if you believe yourself, you will be seen.
you will be known. Hey, thanks for showing up today. We are donation-based, so if you like what you heard and want to support us, you can visit our website at showupandstay.org. You can also email us if you would like to talk about ways to potentially collaborate. We are at info at showupandstay.org. Can't wait to see you all next week. We're going to be talking about my favorite topic, because they all are. But this one is really my favorite, emotions. Yes.